And we're back. Welcome to FLF episode 16, uh, a show where we hope you don't ask too many questions about the fourth member of our barbershop quartet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, so tonight we are back from our holiday hiatus, and uh, we are going to be talking about Israel Keys, uh, probably the scariest serial killer that I know of. And because it's so depressing, we're going to be sprinkling in information about the disastrous Olympics that the United States has hosted throughout the show. The 1904 Olympics, one of the greatest yeah. of all times. It's also turned out that uh, every time we've had the Olympics in the United States, uh, Summer Olympic Games, it has been a travesty. Something weird has happened. Yeah, come to think of it, you're right. I mean, the only one I really remember is the 1996 and they had the bombing there. Oh, gosh. I'll get into that one in just a little bit. In fact, matter of fact, I think we might even start the show about that. I mean, so like Richard Jewell, like that. Yeah. Boy. A fellow Richard. Jesus Christ. They railroaded that guy. This dude's a hero. Goddamn American. They treated hero. Him like he was a dick. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> it took the ARD right off his name. <laughs> Media railroaded that guy 100%. And I'm glad he sued them. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the judge, jury, and executioner immediately in that situation. Well, 100%. Well, he went from hero to zero, like, I mean, within the news cycle. And back then, the news cycle was a little bit slower than it is now. Yeah. So, I mean, it took a week. a little bit longer, too. This dude's like the highlight of his life. He's like, dude, I did something. I've been trying to be a public servant my entire life. I've done all these good things. Finally, the you know everything lined up. I'm the hero. All of a sudden, they're like, "Nah, dude, you're a weird dude." <laughs> guess what? We're gonna shun you because you fit the profile. Of somebody Didn't they get into his private weird. life too? Like they're trying to look at his mail and his like porn and stuff like that too. Like, I don't know about the porn thing, but that sounds right. Uh, I, I mean, think I, they did. I don't see why they wouldn't. I mean, if they're looking for a new story, especially when it's shock and awe. I mean, you got to figure this is 96. This is highlight of Jerry Springer. I think I kind of think what happened was like once they started to see they made a mistake, they were trying to find instead of like immediately like redacting and backtracking, they were trying to find ways to make him look bad. So like, oh, you see, we still he's still not a great person. He doesn't turn off. Yeah. His sprinklers, he leaves the water running. You know, there's a drought. <laughs> he doesn't signal anything that they could do to just not like deflect the blame, right? And that's, yeah. I think that's that's media 101. Because once you say, oops, we got it wrong, now you're now you're guilty of liable. You know what I mean? He doesn't use his blinker whenever he's turning into traffic. I saw his 87 year old neighbor carry her own groceries in the house and he didn't even go out there. Jesus Christ. Oh, gall. You know that man took a penny, didn't leave one. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> he, he tried to derail a train by putting a penny on the rail, the, the the trail or on the uh, the tracks. So, um, actually, that's a good segue um, because in doing research for this asshole, Israel Keys, apparently there is a serial killer who um, had a like he was derailing trains. That was his whole stick. Really? Um, I don't, I don't have his name. Um, I have the notes written down about him somewhere and I will be bringing that story. I'll be bringing that story in the near future. Um, it's a weird, 
Yeah, I went down. I went down a really strange rabbit hole with this one. So uh, the the running title right now, and this may change, is um, Israel Keys. What a dick. Um, <laughs> so for real. Like uh, oh, so over the course of um, oh, hold on, let me let me just let me just be smart about what I'm doing here and get everything lined up. That way, I'm not like jumping back and forth with shit. I was perturbed by the way the police were glamorizing him while they were speaking with him. Yeah. Like, in his interviews and all that. I mean, it just seemed like they, they had a celebrity in front of them yeah, instead of a criminal. They'll often they'll be like, Oh, we do this so we can try to like kind of make him feel like we're on the same level and you know, get into his mind so that way he'll be more open to confessing. But in this one they really, they should have got reprimanded for the way that they handled it. Cause it really seemed like, it, I know we're going to get into it, but like the victims families, they should have like, they should have made them feel ashamed with the way that they kind of had no respect towards them. Like their, their family members that were victimized by this guy. So I think that, I think that two things are true here. I think that there were detectives who were interviewing him that needed to do their best to feed into his ego. Because obviously we're dealing with someone who's pretty, pretty ego, you know, he's a serial killer. Right. There's a reason there's textbooks written about these guys. Yeah. Now, I think that there's also an element to some of these, and I'm not going to, you know, be like, well, this, this guy did this, this guy did that. But I think that you could, you could definitely tell that in some of these interviews, a few of these detectives were like, this is going to be what's written in a book in the near future. Yeah. Right. Like this is my moment to be part of FBI history. Yeah. And there was a bit of that, like, I can't believe I'm doing this. But then again, you know, this is also people who were like fucking profiling serial killers. Yeah. Like this dude's kind of like, I mean, it's kind of their thing. But at the same time, like, and maybe not so much like with the victims, there's still a way that I, I mean, I, again, I don't know how to do this job. I'm not a serial killer profiler, but I know that when it comes to the gay community and the trans community, they did kind of the same thing to them. Like half the time they wouldn't even like take their investigation seriously. I think there was a serial killer that targeted the gay community. And it was like, they could have caught the guy a lot easier, but it was just like victim after victim. Like, Oh, he got another one. Well, damn. Well, that's, that's, there's more that there's there, that targeting populations that are typically looked at as others is the best way to be a serial killer. It's not just the gay community. There's, there's also prostitutes, there's minorities, things like that. I mean, what you're describing, I, I'm pretty sure I'm familiar with the case you're talking about, but yeah, I know it's it's happened to def- it's definitely happened more than like once. That, I'm sorry, wasn't what? It a, wasn't it a British guy? I think well, I know there was a British guy that was targeting the gay community, and like it took them forever to catch well, it. I was thinking about Dahmer. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, Dahmer too. They just, they didn't care. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, like I said, you know, there's there's more than one situation like that. You have that um, entire um the entire region of Canada where what is it inter interstate forty the highway of tears? Yeah, and what it is is there's a lot of indigenous people that go missing. First Nations. 
No, I'm sorry. That's First when, Nations. when we talk about Canada, it's First Nations. Right. Anyways, <laughs> sorry. Um, but there, there's a lot that go missing, and there's hardly any um, investigation that goes into it at all. There's a, one of the one of the mysteries is the Jack family, which is something I want to cover in the future. Yeah. But not only was there poor investigation, but also they reported in the newspaper without redacting it that they had come home safe and sound and they were found. Yeah. But just yeah. right there in the middle of all of it. I just know that like when it comes to other killers, they, or just people like suspects, they've investigators have treated them like more callous. And this guy, they were just like, is acting like the best buds and just laugh, laughing like how we do on the show. Like, at least on like the parts they film. Yeah, just for shits and gig, dude. Well, there's well they they I, I believe they released the majority of the recordings with him. I know there's there's I, I can't say I can't say majority obviously, but there are several hours of recordings with him, and a lot of it's nothing. It's just them talking and him being very vague about things like that. Well, he like that he it was bargaining chips. Yeah. And he was saying that once he runs out of his bargaining chips, there's no reason for them to continue the conversation. So he was feeding them everything really slow. And they weren't seeming to push very hard for more information. Yeah. I mean, like So that's so that's, that's so it's kind of gets muddy right here. So before we get too far into any of this stuff. So yeah. the idea is so he he was studying serial in those conversations. One of the things that kind of stuck out to me was how he's talking about other serial killers, about how he studied them. And that's mixed in with these confessions. And then there was the arguing and, and bargaining back and forth. And what his main goal is, was to die. He wanted to have a quick execution and he wanted to keep his name out of the media as much as he could. For the sake he of He said daughter. that was so that he could protect his daughter. Yeah. Right. Is that true? Maybe. You know, I mean, I'd love to sit here and say, yeah, this dude's a monster. He was doing it for himself, but yeah, you know, the world's gray, dude. There's no no telling what's going through that fucking dude's head, man. He could have at least tried to make like a bunch of club bangers like Usher did with his confessions, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> John, make the booty go flat. <laughs> We need to do a Cat Williams episode, by the way. <laughs> yeah. He, this dude came out. I, I know I sent you the interview, John. I don't know if you listened to it or not, but like that dude just came out swinging at like a lot of people recently. Yeah, Usher I, wasn't one of them. I he watched, did, he definitely was. Um, I watched some of the shorts on YouTube of some of that interview, and it's just it's crazy how many names he drops. And see, it was like, it was like he he, he was just dropping names and, and there he, there's so much that he knows. What did he say? Um, everybody tells me their secrets and I, I keep a little collection or a little log of them all. Speaking of name drops, have you been keeping up with this Epstein thing? So I, I, I learned about this through sports radio. Like I yeah. learned most of my news. Oh, so like you're talking about the Aaron Rodgers thing? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Hold on one second, man. Oh, man. He's 
Yeah, know. Aaron Rodgers, dude. Getting worked up. No, I said I had a cough, man. Jimmy I'm King. at the tail end of all this You're at gonna... the congestion and all that stuff. So, yeah, we had a. Uh, well, we had I was going to say you did a marathon, which it's funny you did. Like, we're going to talk about the Olympics, and then you firsthand got out there. And, and something funny you were talking about uh, before the show, you was talking about running on sand. That's part of what happened in the 1904 Summer Olympics, too. So Yes, the Olympics. Well, let's get through some depression first, and then we'll, right. we'll start talking right, about the actual depression time frame. <laughs> let's do this. So them if you got them. Oh, let's see. Um, on the night of February 1st, 2007, uh, Israel Keys approached a solo coffee kiosk operated by an 18-year-old woman named Kim. When he walked up to the window, he placed an order, and as Kim turned around to make the, uh, make the coffee, they had a several-minute conversation. At some point, Keys drew a gun and proceeded to climb into the drive-thru window take the money from the register. And then he laid on top of Kim while he was taking her hostage. And then he forced her into the truck. He then took her to a shed on the property where he began blasting loud music. So his wife and daughter wouldn't hear him while he brutally murdered this young woman. Uh, once he was done, uh, he went through Kim's bag and uh, I'm sorry, dirt while the kidnapping was going on. He, uh, made Kim give him her ATM number and uh, give her the bank card and all that stuff so he could pull off one of the weirdest serial killer fuck-ups in history. So wait, one second. I'm getting lost here. So this isn't Samantha? I'm so sorry. You know what? I skipped ahead on some of this stuff. So I changed the victims' names just oh. because this one, this one, like... Because of it was because it was so brutal, I I didn't want their names out there. I gotcha. Okay, you completely so, left that part out. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know that. I did. Nah, man, we we jumped around too much in that oh, one. So I just want to I want to put a disclaimer out there for our audience as well. If you give somebody your information, do not go with them to a second location, ever, ever. If, if you give somebody your information and you're thinking that their whole object is to rob you, there's no reason to go with them anywhere. No. You yeah, know definitely I mean? don't. Don't do that. At that's that something I teach on, my daughter. You need to try as hard as you can to get some help because that second location will be the, the last location. Anyways, as you were talking, I shouldn't have interrupted you. Thank you for that disclaimer, though. That's really important information, though. Like, Yeah, so well, I mean, that's that's that's... So anyway. we've been off for two weeks and we're back on it now. <laughs> so, All right. So, so he, he let her yeah, so, music going and he doesn't want to get the family involved, which is horrific to think about. Yeah. So. Yeah. We'll edit this part out. Doing Anyways. So, I'm sorry, what? I said, you're doing great. Yes. <laughs> so, um, once he was done, he or he went back to her house and broke into the truck where he took out Kim's wallet. And apparently, oh, shit. Fucking time, dude. I'm so fucking off my game right now. 
And I'm going to start back over with this whole thing and cut out like four minutes. So, okay, here we go. So out of respect for the families, I'm going to be changing the names for some of these victims in the story. And John, you mentioned something very important in the two minute part. I just edited out about being a victim. Please tell us. So, so I just wanted everybody who's listening to know that once you give somebody, if, if you feel like their intention is to rob you and you have given them your, your information, your debit card, your number, your purse, whatever it is, following them to a second location is is dangerous. Do not, if any way possible, do not get in a vehicle with them. Do not go to a second location because nine times out of 10, that is not to take you somewhere and leave you. That is to try to make you a, a victim of homicide. Something. Or something horrible. Lines. Something horrible. Torture. Something that you do not want to be a part of. It's never well, good. It makes it a lot more difficult. It's substantially difficult for them to be able to find you. So, yeah, so fight, scream, yell, run. You're probably going to die. If you're going to die, at least die there. That's, yeah. you know, as sad as it sounds, but that's most people don't want to deal with a fight or a struggle. They'll probably, you know, there's plenty of videos out there, people getting away from that kind of stuff. So, do your best. Don't don't get taken somewhere else. Just don't do it. It's a oh already not a fun subject. So, anyways, on the night of February first in two thousand and seven, um, Keys approached a solo coffee kiosk operated by an eighteen year old whose uh, victims we've changed her name to Kim. Now, after he spoke with Kim for several minutes and placed an order for his coffee, he then proceeded to pull a gun, climb into the kiosk. And take her out. Um, he then took her to the property where he blasted loud music so his wife and daughter wouldn't hear the horrible crimes that he would later commit. Um, once he was done, he made his way to her house where he broke into her truck and found her wallet. He would then use this, this card for um, a ransom note that he would later place. Um, while he was at the house, though... Uh, he came face to face with John, which is Kim's boyfriend. And when the two met, he and killer ended up running away. Now, at the time, John had no idea that Kim was missing because she had lay, uh, earlier that night. He had received a text that read, F you, asshole. I know what you did. I'm going to spend a couple of days with my friends. Need time to think of a plan. Acting weird. Let my dad know. So that's, you know. They had had some fights, which, you know, in, in this situation, John didn't call the cops or try to stop the guy. Who the fuck knows why? But it's, it's what he did. And um, when police finally did get word that Kim was missing, their initial thought was that she may have run off, which seems to be a pretty common thing in Alaska. Mm -hmm. Now, apparently that argument she had with her boyfriend, there were a few uh, angry text messages back and forth between the two. And eventually, you know, they, they just thought that maybe she was gone until later that night when the Anchorage Police Department actually got their hands on the security cameras from the coffee shop. 
what they watched was a mysterious man with a young woman for about seven minutes before pulling the gun and kidnapping her. Their initial theory was that Kim was in on the robbery. Now, they based this theory on the fact that the two had talked for so long, and it seemed like they know they had known each other for a while. Which, I mean, in, in all of these factors, I can, I mean, I, I can kind of see why. But, like, I mean, dude, cops should probably do a better job. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's pretty shitty. But mm. nonetheless, the cops at least seem to be looking for a few leads, including, um, a man in Cohen, which is a part of Alaska, that she had filed a protective order against in November. Um, even with this, you know, information at hand, they're still pretty much based everything off of, hey, she probably wasn't kidnapped. However, right. her father forced their hand about two days later. After the kidnapping, the uh, APD told the community about the case. Eventually, the uh, police department got the FBI involved when Kim's dad had done. But by this point, Kim's dad had done far more for his daughter than either one of the agencies. Oh, yeah. He had set up a tip line. He had a volunteer site next to the coffee kiosk. He had a huge placard made up with Kim's face on it that was nearly five foot tall. He propped it up along the road sign with giant black letters that said kidnapped. Oh, and wow. my heart goes out to the dad. Absolutely. I mean, imagine yeah. like having a video of your daughter being kidnapped and the cops are doing fuck all about it. But also, talk about fucking terrible timing for the boyfriend. Yeah, right. Like, have an argument. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because also that's gonna make them like make him prime suspect number one too. Oh, one hundred percent, dude. That's and, gonna I mean, lead, the- lead away from them like doing anything because they're gonna make that the focal point. So there wasn't there wasn't a lot of information about the um, protective order that was out there. Um, so I, I don't, I don't really know what, what all that was about, but like, dude, imagine if, like, if that was just like an argument that went too far and all of a sudden you're the focus of a murder investigation. Oh man. Or, I mean, that you could have been a complete total piece of shit. He probably deserved to be investigated a little bit more. I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. Right. Oh, but yeah. But anyways, Plus, like, dude, like, word travels fast around a small town like that, and especially in Alaska when there's not shit to dust to do, man. I mean, you imagine, like, all the side eyes that guy was getting. Right. Just walking through his town. Yeah. But, but so by the time the um, the news of Kim's kidnapping had gone national, like, tips from all over the place were coming in. Some people said the Russian mafia was involved. Others were saying she was a big drug addict, which, yeah. you know, there's no real proof that that's the case here. And, um... So, I mean, it's just, it's just kind of the weird things that, you know, people would come to cops with and rumors would kind of swirl around about. And then, you know, on the night of February 24th, this is almost a full month later, Kim's phone got sent a text message or Kim's phone sent a text message to her father. And the text read, Connor Park, sign under pick of Albert, ain't she purdy? And these words are misspelled, so, you know, for, forgive me for kind of the weird words that are being used there. Hmm. So the cop, you know, the father called the cops and it just took off to the park where they found a ra- uh, ransom note demanding $30,000 deposited to, uh, into Samantha's account immediately. The note went on to say that if the other demands were to met, uh, the demands were met, Samantha would be freed in six months. You mean Kim, right? 
I'm sorry. Yes, Kim. I'm so I'm sorry about this. I got a question. Yeah, go for it. Wasn't included a photo of um her with that was my that was my next sentence, man. Do it. Oh wow. So he uh he put in a photo and uh she's sitting upright. Her mouth is duct taped. Uh, her hair was been braided, which when she was taken, it was straight. And her eyes were open. She was holding a, a newspaper as well. Yeah, there was a newspaper to have the date on there as well. So the photo, had, by the time the photo had been taken, um, she had been dead for several days. Weeks. Yeah. Is that weeks at that point? Weeks. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's pretty pretty nasty, man. It's like after after he took the photo, Kia said he disposed the body while he was ice fishing. Yeah. So did the the one bright about, spot about the letter. I'm sorry, go ahead. Did you read about how he sewed her eyes open too? Yeah, it's it's none of it's good. No. It's it's all just gross and nasty. The father, as soon as he saw the picture of her hair braided, he instantly knew something was up because she had never worn her hair in braids. Yeah. That was something that I had ran into. That's a good detail. To like look at that. You muted. You're muted. I can't. I can't imagine like what I I just. That's the part that really kind of drives me crazy about this is how the dad is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just seeing that little thing about your little girl. He's got to be losing his mind. Yeah. And then, you and know, then, he sees this picture of her. And he's like, okay, she can't stand to wear her hair in braids. So this is definitely something is up. Well, not only that, to backtrack a little bit, too. Like, the whole initial point of what he was trying to do was make this ransom. And then, I guess, somehow, there I don't know if there was a struggle or something, but he ended up killing her initially. And then two weeks later, after, because, like, there's some other things that happened too, is he went off, he took a trip, um, left her in an, what was it? An ice box or something like that in the freezer. He took a trip. Didn't he go on a cruise? He went yeah, on a cruise. He went on a cruise. He went to America. He robbed a bank. And yeah. There's a lot. I mean, there, there's a lot, there's a lot going on with that. And, and for right he, now, I'm, you know, where I'm at and in, in the stories, I'm talking more about, like just what happens with that kidnapping. Yeah. And yeah. then I was just making I mean, the point like it's oh, such a wild fucking story, dude. Yeah, his whole plan was to just do the ransom anyways. It's like, why did you have to take all those other steps? Like, why did you let it get to that? You know, you, you see, could- yeah, now I actually I actually think that he was going to kill her. Regardless. And and then the ransom thing is just like it's something he'd always thought about and he figured why not. That's kind of how I, that's kind of what I picked up on, on the whole situation. Cause I mean, this is a dude who'd been killing people for years. Yeah, that's right. You know, I mean, you think you can get away with it. I mean, I mean, and even in some of his interviews, he's, he's talking about like, un- until I got stupid. Yeah. I mean, it's all a you joke know? to him. Like it's a comedy show to him. Yeah. It's fucking crazy, man. Oh, so the, the one the one bright spot about about the ransom letter, though, is that it meant the FBI can get involved. Yep. So now it's not in, you know, it's not involved with these the, the Anchorage Police Department or whichever agency was actually handling the case. They clearly didn't give a fuck. 
Yeah. You know, at least at, at least enough of a fuck, I should say. That's I mean, someone cared, heard. but they didn't care enough. That's something I've heard about Alaska and like when it comes to Canada, like the Royal Mounted Police is the Mounties is that they do not. It's either they don't care or they are so inept at their job that they should not be investigating at this point in time because they've botched <laughs> so many murder cases. <laughs> it's insane, unfathomable that they would be that bad at their jobs. Well, the guy, the guy who fucked up the first one trained the guy who fucked up the second one. <laughs> oh yeah, the student has become the Tita student too. I it guess. is the blind leading the blind here in Canada. Yeah. Oh geez, now you don't need to be saying that stuff about the Mounties, you know. Like, oh man, that's just uh. you don't have to deal with the moose. You don't know how bad it is up here. Okay, we need to get uh. When you get Ty back on, talk about how bad you want to for real. Until you see a moose in person, you do not realize how insanely large those creatures are. Oh no, it's 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 unfathomable. Like if you're just a regular ass person, doesn't know doesn't like you think Bullwinkle is your idea of a moose. Like you're in for you're in for a surprise, man. Those things are fucking massive and they're mean. Yeah, Yeah, they'll attack. It's like a school bus of the animals, which I I learned uh, the other day. I didn't know this, that deer like buck will attack you too. Like you got to be careful with them. They oh yeah. If it's in season. Yeah. If they're like mating and stuff. Yeah, dude, they'll, they'll fight just about anything. They're like teenage boys. Yeah. But anyways, back to the depression, <laughs> <laughs> the depressing part. So the cops and the dad and the FBI, they all put money on the card. And so Israel begins making random withdrawals across Canada. Cops couldn't do much about it because by the time it got there, you know, who the fuck knows when he actually made the transaction. Right. Um, and so, but they did get a couple of pictures that they weren't great pictures that, had, you know, an idea of what he looked like uh, with a mask and hat on and a, you know, all that fun stuff, but they could compare it from future references. And then after several days, uh, the next withdrawal came, uh, was made in Wilcox, Arizona. The FBI sent their field agents out to the bank, searched for clues. And then two hours later, another withdrawal was made in Lorsburg, New Mexico. This time the FBI was able to make an educated guess and say that the kidnapper was heading East on I 10 towards El Paso. Mm -hmm. And there appeared to be a small white car in one of the photos. They sent that information out to as many agencies as they could. And then within a few days, the Texas Rangers were involved. Oh, yeah. They had uh, one of them had located a, a white Ford Focus in a quality in parking lot. They watched the car and followed it, waiting for it to break the law. And so they could finally pull it over. Eventually, the car began to drive 57 and a 55, and that's all the coppers needed to initiate the stop. When they did, the gentleman got out of the car. His name was Israel Keys. Now, the coppers started their typical invasive questioning, and Keys explained he was there for a wedding over in Wells, Texas, which apparently wasn't entirely false. <laughs> apparently, his mom had followed a cult all the way down to Texas. And we'll be touching on that in just a minute because it's okay. it's it's bizarre to most of us. But uh, the Texas cops found a reason to search the car. And when they did, they found the ATM card linking him to Kim's kidnapping. 
I was going to say also at this point in time, the officer was when he realized or she, we don't, I don't know if they gave that information. They were so like struck with fear. That's when they started calling up backup because they realized that that was the person they were dealing with. That's gotta be a shock, man. I mean, it really does. Especially if you're in like a small, if you're a small town, Texas cop who's making that and there happens to be Rangers involved. I mean, that's, I, I, I don't know much about Texas Rangers other than like it's like it's it takes a lot to be one. So I imagine yeah. like in the law enforcement community, it's kind of like they're heroes. I don't, I don't yeah. know. They should send them up so, to Canada to handle some of those investigations for sure. I don't I don't think I don't think we need to go texts all over Canada well, anytime in the near future. <laughs> so, you know, we'll find some out. loser came up here and told me how to straighten up my act now. <laughs> Worse, they would call it, yeah, they call it Texan a Hoosier. Next thing you know, Canada's getting invaded. <laughs> and that's now, the plot of uh, Canadian bacon. <laughs> when they were like at this point in time, when they were taking him in, were they arresting him for the robberies that he was committing? No. So, um, well, actually, I, I so all they had him on was fraud. Like he was in possession of a stolen good. Okay. So they didn't actually have anything to link him to the murder other than that card. And Keys, I mean, you know, I mean, Keys, Keys, he probably, probably could have fought it off for a while. He just shut the fuck up. But, you know, I mean, Keys, uh, so what he said was, um, Someone so Key said that someone had left a Ziploc bag in the front seat of his pickup truck a few weeks prior. Inside that bag was a cell phone and an ATM card and a pin number scratched in it. Key said that he had left his driver's side window open and uh, with a crack because he was a smoker, which they'd you know they kind of figured because he had all the cigarettes and shit in his car, right? Right. And he is he said he just assumed someone he had done construction work for. Who owed him money left those things as payment. Obviously, the coppers were like, "That's bullshit. That's stupid." But you know, I mean, obviously, they didn't they didn't have anything linking him to the crime outside of that credit card, right? And uh, so, meanwhile, back in Alaska, the cops made contact with Key's wife. They brought her up to speed on the situation, letting her know what was going on. And they were about to execute a search warrant on her house. Yeah, his wife was completely caught off guard. And she explained that there's no way he could have kidnapped her because Keys had been home most of that night. And then the following morning, Keys and his daughter took a trip to New Orleans for a cruise. So um, by this time, news had broken that the suspect was in custody. And I'm I'm not sure how exactly, but apparently Keys' mom caught wind of the story. Now, the wife could have called her and, you know, or maybe someone in the cult was actually connected to the outside world when they saw the story. But who the fuck knows? Right. But she decided to head to the police station where she began talking to detectives. Now, in one of the books I read for this one called The American Predator, the author points out the difference between how his mom and wife reacted to hearing the news. And I'm sure part of this had to do with the fact that she was once one she was one of those religious nut jobs who thinks that like the only thing stopping people from being serial killers is the bible <laughs> okay but also because she had seen israel acting weird 
So it's Israel's mom that tipped off investigators that they were more likely to see more, or sorry, that they were more likely to see some of more of Israel's story um, than what happened to Kim. So she told them that her son had traveled to her place earlier that month, which is apparently he flew into Las Vegas and then drove to Texas before heading to New Orleans. On the way back from the cruise, Israel and his daughter stopped by the mom's house where Israel dropped his daughter off and then disappeared early one morning with leaving just a note that said, gone to fix the window and to find a place to hide my guns. He had gone on for a few days or he had been gone for a few days, causing them to like miss their flight. While he was gone, the mom was you know, rightfully worried about the dude. And she sent a few different texts back and forth with Israel who uh, explained his absence by saying his truck was stuck in the mud. Oh, yeah. And uh, his mom, you know, he just refused his mom's help. Eventually, he texts back saying he was outside of a shopping center. The family drove to pick him up. When they arrived, there was no sign of Israel. So they spent the night in the, spent the night sleeping in the parking lot inside their van, waiting for him again. Like, dude, these people are fucking nuts. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't get it. Like, like they just like they just straight up just sat outside of a mall in their van waiting <laughs> because that's a totally fucking normal thing to do, right? Yeah. You know, this is also this is also a pretty like this is a good reminder that like there are so many different people out there living different ways of life that oh, yeah. you don't even think about. <laughs> well, anyway, so the next day Israel finally shows back up. He's in his uh blue Kia. And uh you know, he basically turned into Captain Bullshit. And so he was things he like we ran out of gas. He was committing all these crimes in a Kia. Riddle cars. Oh. And uh, this one. Uh, so. If I'm not mistaken. Like. This is when he goes and burns down a house. He may That's or may not have robbed a bank in this situation, too. Because why not? I know he was robbing banks, but yeah, yeah. burning house down too while you're at it. Just, you know, shooting the moon here. Like he's playing, yeah. he's playing crime hearts here. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, this dude is just living. I mean, he's, he's on to something different, man. But anyway, so when he came back, his mom, his mom convinced him to talk to some of the church leaders. And uh, she had no idea what they discussed. But I mean, considering it was Israel Keys, uh, you know, kind of hated that shit. Uh, it was either something, right. you know, for him to actually go talk to him, either something was off or he was just trying to make his mom feel better. Yeah. And, you know, it's, 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 it's hard to say what happened right there, but it, it is believed like this, this is, I don't remember the exact timeline, but I'm pretty sure this is when he robbed and, and burned that place down. So yeah, maybe that that's what he confessed to. That would be some shit if he's like, okay with sewing people's bodies but at the same time he has to make sure that his mom is comfortable and happy like yeah, right he's well, got you know morals and is you know gotta stand up for those he's like, not i mean i think that he measured around the same as uh ted bundy on the psychopathy test but ted bundy was funny ted bundy also was somebody that tried to hide in the guise of um being a normal person you know and well, I was raised in a nice Christian home and we had a good family and you know what I'm saying? So a lot of these people in these situations, a lot of these serial killers, they like to 
romanticize the fact that they're a normal person and they're not. Oh my God, they're so not. Yeah, he talked, he actually idolized Bundy. And a couple of the interviews, he talked about how he would study serial killers and, and he would learn from them. He actually talked a lot of shit about Dennis Rader for apologizing. So, and that's that BTK guy. So yeah. Yeah, he's like, that fucking weirdo. It's tells that you a lot about also, where his mind is. That guy was also involved with the church too. That's where he was hiding out. Like that's another yeah. weird thing is a lot of these clowns are hiding out in the church. Dude, that guy getting caught. Like he sent a. He's like, hey, I can't remember what he sent. A, like a letter to them. He's like, hey, if I send you a floppy disk, can you trace it? And they're like, no. And then he sent him a floppy <laughs> disk, and they traced it. Yeah. <laughs> He boomered yeah, his way into getting caught. He was a, like part of like his career was he was going into people's houses and like setting up their alarm systems. And they would sometimes be like, yeah, like we're just going to get this because of this BTK guy. Like, you know, we want to keep him out. And he's just like, oh, if you only. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so dark, dude. Yeah. Um. Also hiding from his daughter what he was doing, too. Yeah, dude, that was a whole that was a whole thing. In fact, he was able to stop for such a long time. It's fucking crazy. I don't man. understand these people, like these guys, how they can have a daughter and then do this to young girls also, like at the same time. Like, yeah. It, it's it boggles my mind to like the to total lack of empathy for other human beings. But when it comes to their particular family, their kids and stuff like that, they they have it for some reason because a lot of them, you never hear about them, like even abusing their daughters at all or sons or whatever. It's just, yeah, dude, it's I'll never understand that. I can, I can, I don't think we, if we ever do, yeah, we, we're, we're probably, you're probably a serial killer. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's just one of those things that like, you just can't, I can under, I can understand people who want to live a double life. I can't understand people who want to live a double life and that second life be a serial killer. Or in this case, that second life being a family man. Right. You know what I mean? You're hiding who you are from what, where, where, yeah, it's just. Cause, uh, yeah. the golden state killer, he was like that too. He had a whole family, everything. He was a police officer. That's why he was just a straight up dick. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that guy was an asshole all the way around. He just, oh, yeah. <laughs> He just didn't realize how big of an asshole he was. Oh, what? So uh, anyway, so after the couple rounds of questioning, this is when Keyes told him he wanted to make a deal. He offered to tell him about the other murders that he had committed. And uh, yeah, that's, you know, he just wanted to keep saying about the media and be executed as soon as possible. What, what do you know the details of the deal? Wasn't it that he wanted it to be kept from his daughter or something like that? That was the big thing. So he, you know, in, in the interviews that he did, you know, he's like, you know, I know that some of this information is going to be out there, but I don't need all of the details being out there. And, you know, I mean, there's some of it's fucking obviously it's fucking gross, dude. We've we've left a lot of the details out. Yeah. I mean, people, if you want to, you can go out there and research it yourself. I, I recommend not. I stopped. I mean, I like, stopped learning about well, it. I was like, you know what? I think we can cover this pretty well. Yeah. I mean, you can ask. Yeah. Like, between us, like I was kind of like sketchy on wanting to even have this on the episode because it just, yeah, it gets really grotesque and dark. Not to mention, like, 
like like a lot of times when it comes to like pictures of the victims that's another thing that kind of makes me upset about this is like a lot of times for the sake of the families and stuff like that they'll hide that stuff away just a google search there's just thousands and thousands of different sites that have that picture of that girl in the ransom note because like it's not hard at all to find that picture of her, and you would think they would try to make that a little bit e like a little more difficult for them to. That's no, the internet, dude. Because for it, a while, just, yeah. Because for a while, I was talking to John. I thought that maybe he was toying with them more, and that picture was actually a different victim because her in that state of that picture, she looks like another one of his victims. But she had just been dead for so long that, like, which I feel bad for that other victim because she was very well alive in the picture that it's a mugshot, but she looked like that girl dead. As yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, man, it really looks a lot like it didn't look like her. It does. So. But. So there's there's actually um, is a podcast called True Crime Bull- True Crime Bullshit, which um, it's one of the more complete podcast about Israel keys that's out there yeah. I'm, I'm not a fan of it personally um right. but i mean it, it's you, the guy did the guy did work on it i mean you, you can't you just can't deny it like that right yeah but so he confesses to killing these people over in vermont blah 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 yada 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 and uh they were able to do all that so and this is like this is the part that i think i think you're probably finding the most disturbing in all this is because in the confession, like it, it's it's so hard to listen to because he's just so matter of fact about it. Yep. He's, he like he even laughs. He's like, you know, people don't ever think it's going to happen to them. Yeah. He's, he's ordering food. He's snacking. He's just sipping on drinks. Just so casual. Yeah. And I mean, the cops are just chumming along right with him. Like, they're just goofing off like it, it really i don't know I, it just kind of disturbed me like they and i guess maybe they had to do it to get more information out of them but like it just seemed like they were having a regular conversation like we are right now yeah. like it just kind of bothered me a little bit the way they handled that yeah so this is kind of so kind of this is kind of where i'm going to well, actually, I take it back. So, I'm gonna I'll kind of, kind of end end it where end it here, and then we'll kind of move on to something in just a second. I want to talk about its background a lot because that's that's kind of what fascinated me about the story. Because um, there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into that. So, anyway, so this goes on for I don't know a year or two, uh, yeah. back and forth about what. And Yuki says, "Well, on my laptop, you'll find evidence of 11 cases that you can solve. Those are the only ones I'm going to talk about." Now, before too long, um, somebody made a mistake and they gave him a razor and the dude ended up killing himself. So thank God he's not alive anymore. Yeah. Um, but he also left a weird note. It was like this weird, like it's, it's, it said land of the free land of the lie land of the scheme. Americanized. I mean, he had this, like this whole like yeah. anti-capitalism, like anti-America, like whole fucking weird thing going on. And, uh, Sounds like an anti-flag song. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break from this and and talk about the 1904 Olympics. Fantastic. <laughs> so what a time to be alive. Oh, yeah. 
What a time for St. Louis, because it's been all downhill for that city since then. So there was uh, there was only 45 states. Teddy Roosevelt was a president, and he introduced big dick diplomacy yep. and got the Panama Canal going. Uh, that they St. Louis had just had the uh, World's Fair. They were in the middle of building the arch, the gateway to the West. And they were doing that because they were celebrating the 100th anniversary of the Louisiana Purchase. Oh, yeah. Big so some other, some other fun facts about 1904. Um, Baltimore and Toronto burned down. <laughs> the, Bor- <laughs> the Mormons banned polygamy for the second time in a decade. Apparently, that had to do with like, like the, apparently they, so they elected a Mormon to represent the government, like in the government, because it's Utah. And, uh, <laughs> Apparently there was this, you know, this long drawn out trial about how the uh, the Mormons were so pissed off about James Buchanan and uh, the murder of their Jesus. Why were they upset so, at James Buchanan? I mean, um, I apparently, apparently he had ordered the assassin or allegedly ordered the assassination of John Smith. So really? they had a uh, yeah, they had it's it's. I've maybe it was the government. Maybe it was other people. Why is it that Utah have gotten to uh, host the Olympics twice? Well, no, St. Louis is. We're talking about the oh, St. Okay. Louis Olympics. Yeah. Well, this is like, I mean, this is like, like Utah is a relatively new state. Yeah. Right. I'm just talking about other stuff that was going on in there. But no, they've, I'm pretty sure they posted it because uh, cost and snow. Yeah, they host, right. they hosted the Winter oh. Olympics. We're talking about the well, I know about the Winter Olympics. I was there during that time. Yeah, John went oh, to Oh, that the... was a nightmare. Nightmare of a time in my life. You I know, didn't know you were I didn't know you were out there. Do you know that was Absolutely. the only Olympic Games that actually uh made a profit and didn't cost the city a lot of money? Like that's one good thing about Mitt Romney is like he made sure that that Olympic Games didn't put the city in the debt. They actually made profits off of it. So like, he's the only person, only mayor of a city to ever do that. Good for him. Yeah, I uh, decided one day I had to. Um, my job was about a mile and a half, two miles away from where I lived, and there was about seven to eight feet of snow on the ground, and I decided I was going to walk because driving during that time was absolutely impossible it would take three hours to drive four blocks could you take a jamaican bobsled (laughs) yeah yeah actually uh horses were faster you know squirrels just put some squirrels on your shoes squirrel and buggy sir squirrel and buggy (laughs) you know um actually so the only time i was in utah i actually almost got ran into by by a giant deer um I was, I walked, we, we were over there for training. I walked from our hotel to like one of the, uh, there's a waterfall out there. Yeah. And I mean, it's, yeah, you know, it's at the time I was in much better shape, but like, I mean, it was, it was probably 12 miles like from the hotel to the end of the, end of the hike. And so I'm walking back and there's this massive fucking house, like on this long desert highway. It's actually a beautiful picture I got. And I'm walking up, and there's like this deer standing in the middle of the yard, giant buck. I'm like, that is a cool fucking statue. <laughs> and then it starts running right at me. I'm like, oh my fucking god! <laughs> oh, Lord. And the only car I had seen in like 
uh, outside of the parking lot that I was in. The only car is just coming up at the, side, the same time. So it's coming behind me. The deer's coming up. I'm like, oh, my God. Deer takes a hard right. I'm pretty sure that was the car. Like, hey, man. Or God. Like, hey, you're good, bro. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that was, that was interesting. Um, But, yeah. So, 1904, when the Olympics were going on, uh, Japan got a wild hair of their ass and started a war with Russia. They oh, were... Uh, the Japanese war. Very frisky in the early 1900s, that uh, that thing was. And uh, at the time, Missouri was the perfect place for all this to happen. Yeah, that's this is before it became the, the hammer murder capital of America. It's, you know, it's the gateway to the West. <laughs> yes, the hammer murder capital. Uh, so, the World's Louis- Fair... Yeah, they had the World's Fair. Um, Wasn't there something with this Olympics, too, where, like, not many countries sent people to compete in it? Yes. So there were a fuck ton of tensions overseas. And that meant, like, a lot of the top contenders weren't able to make the games. And America cleaned house, dude. Oh, yeah. We won 231 out of 280 medals. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. More importantly, France only won one single silver medal. (laughs) Hundred years after we fleeced them out of half of America, they got a medal out of it. (laughs) Just insult to injury. Yeah, it was great, dude. So, like, you know, in the years following, those fucking the woke ass Olympic Committee would retroactively give some of our precious medals to other countries because technically some of our champions hadn't become full citizens yet. Yeah. But the real story of these Olympic games is the marathon event. Dan, how about you tell us about this Dr. Seuss race? Okay. So when it come to this, normally you would think with the Olympic games that they would have a track ready for this, but this track involved Dirt, sand. Um, in the middle of this, there's a heat wave going on in the city. Um, a lot of the track was just roads in the town with cars on them. These people are going to be running through traffic. Um, also, for some reason, the people in charge of this thought that it would be better for the runners to not have water throughout the whole entire track. In fact, there's only two spaces or two spots where they had water that they could drink. And there was a dust bowl or a, like there was some kind of dust. Something was going on like with the issue, like there was a dust storm that was going on during the middle of this too. So we got a heat wave, a dust storm, And just all the ingredients you need for a good time in St. Louis. (laughs) And like he was talking about earlier, with all the conflicts going on, there weren't a lot of countries that were involved. Um, I know that one of the people participating, he was leaving his country. I want to say it was Cuba. I might not be right, but he had to ride the boat that he was going to take to come over crashed. So he had to ride a raft and then he had to hitch his way to St. Louis to, to be in there. 
and then he got close and he had to walk the rest of the way. He didn't even have running shoes or track clothes. He was wearing a burlap sack for like the race. And I want to say that his shoes he had to borrow from somebody and they were dress shoes that he was wearing to be in this marathon. And dude, that's a hell of a story, man. Yeah. I One mean, of the contestants showed up in blue jeans and they took a pair of scissors and cut them into shorts for him. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, this was like, this was so ill prepared. They, they should not have done this Olympics, but they just went on with it anyways. So, uh, so what, thank you. What, what do you got for us from it, Richard? So the, the, the first winner who was disqualified, uh, he got, he got disqualified because he took a car. Yeah, he, he cheated by getting in a car. Half <laughs> in the middle of it. No, the guy who finished fourth oh, ate bad apples and took a nap. And I just yeah. like, dude, that's so fucking amazing. Like, you, <laughs> any of us, any of us could have gone out in the shape that we're in right now and, and placed <laughs> in this, oh, in this Olympic game. <laughs> Um, oh man, it was just that's just such a funny thing. There was the there's the guy you like you said like he hitched, uh, and like he thought that like he was gonna be just immediately disqualified, and nobody was even finishing this race because most of the people had been dropping out because of the conditions and the fact they had no water to drink. Um, I think one person tried drinking creek water and got dysentery. <laughs> funny story of that same guy. They treated him with cyanide. Yeah, or an arsenic. Arsenic, it yeah. It was either arsenic or cyanide to try to cure his illness. Yeah. Um, then there was the one guy that he had his trainers along with him, and they were purposely not giving him any water. And they were giving him strychnine, I think, or arsenic, one or the other, to, because at the time they believed it would give him more energy. But really, what it was doing is it was causing his legs to twitch uncontrollably. <laughs> and they had to hold him up. I think he finished third. <laughs> and they were holding him up as his legs were twitching against his will. And they just kept force feeding him strychnine. I want to say it was strychnine. It was strychnine. I would stick with that, man. We're gonna say it's the same thing that killed the dude in a couple episodes ago. <laughs> so. Yeah, that was a common treatment back then. In that yeah. time, that's well, it's just that's so awful. But the majority of the people didn't even finish. So the guy, like you said, that what like hitched a ride. He even just he just showed back up because he thought it was already over that someone would have won. And then they're just like, congratulations, <laughs> you're the winner. And then it took a while. And then somebody was like, wait a minute, I saw him hitching a ride. And then he didn't even try to like, he was like, yeah, that's, that, that's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. That's well. So this was, uh, so you're talking about the, I'm um, oh, sorry, something got stuck in my hair there. So the, uh, the guy who was getting the uh, arsenic shots, whatever the fuck it was, like that's one of the first cases, uh, first known cases of drug enhancement in Olympic uh, <laughs> Olympic history, <laughs> and I, I don't you know, know if that's enhancement or like that. That's going to be considered, you know. Um, <laughs> I, I, there's no enhancement data. at all when you take strychnine. I don't know because if you count like during the Greek era when they were using all that oil to grease each other up and wrestle, that might was that an enhancement. <laughs> 
they couldn't go in there nude, Dan. They couldn't wear clothes. They'd put something on their body. So awful. Yeah. Why would you, I mean, they, they, that was just how they played the games, though. But I know that the temperature for the time was like 103 degrees, like also during that heat wave. And that's why a majority of the people just, they bailed on it. They didn't even care. And like you said, some guy ate bad apples and got sick. Took a nap, dude. Where I did can't imagine, come like, from? Did he just stop somewhere and like steal some apples? I want to think that there was a horse that was probably eating them, and he stole them from the horse. Oh yeah, like right out of the horse's mouth. I I, I think this is pre Snow White days too. So oh, like, yeah. you just didn't know. You didn't know you couldn't trust apple dealers. Okay. Yeah, the only <laughs> apple they had. Nine to, to you know reverse the power <laughs> of the witch. Some people were just having to bob and weave through traffic. Because, again, like I said, they didn't – the way they planned it, it was just going right through traffic. Yeah, just go for it. Hopefully no one kills you. That's where the idea for Frogger came up. <laughs> <laughs> the 1904 Olympics. <laughs> it was actually just a rendition of the Olympic Games. Well, I mean, Nintendo yeah, was – power-ups. <laughs> Nintendo was a company at that time, so they might not know. be wrong. Although Frogger was an Atari game, but yeah, I mean, it yeah, was did you just out history yourself? I think so, but it was good <laughs> to just get our minds off of that. But I did when you mentioned the Mormons a minute ago, that was something you did leave off about the Israel Keys. He was Mormon too. That's actually where I'm getting into next. Okay, so so who the fuck Segway. was this creepy dude? So Keys was born in January 1978. He was the second of 10 children born into a large family whose parents were fundamentalist Mormons. Ugh. Oh, yay. <laughs> None of the Keys children would have birth certificates or social security numbers or attend a school. No one else, certainly not the government, would have a say in how their children were being raised. Mm. But Keys' parents, they were named Heidi and Jeff, they had neighbors. And they were concerned enough to call the authorities about the strange little family who had to two toddlers who were rarely seen outside. But after the incident, the family decided to leave the church and move to a remote section of Colville, Washington. Okay. The town is about three miles. It has a population of less than 5,000. And that's currently, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, there, the family was isolated their kids, uh, the, the family isolated their kids from all outside influences, and they were living in a one room cabin. And while the family are while living there, the family also began attending a white supremacist church called the Ark. Now, the uh, the church pushes a radical strain of Christianity known as Christian identity, which grew out of a bridge of the British Israel uh, British Israelites that held that Anglo-Saxons and other Northern European groups and not the Jews are the true chosen people of the Bible. Oh yeah. With the British, uh, think of like British Israelites. There's also the black Israelites. They kind of say the same thing. I mean, it's just two sides of the same coin. And uh, their idea, I, the ideology is that white people simply forgot they were the chosen people. And that the Jewish religion had stolen, or I guess in this case, the eth ethnic Jews had stolen the mantle from white people. 
So, <laughs> you know, now, you know, Key's fucked up, pre- pretty fucked up from an early age. And uh, he admits he started to break into his neighbor's house, start to steal some guns, torture some animals and pursue anything to kill uh, in order to sustain his need for some type of control. Um, and this is one of the more disturbing, I should probably one of the least disturbing stories out of all of this. Um, but he's uh, in, in one of the recorded interviews, he says he tied a cat to a tree with a parachute cord and got one of his sisters and one of his friends. He then shot at the cat with a 22 revolver. And when the cat was circling, everyone else freaked out. He's allegedly laughed before noting that another boy had thrown up. So, when that boy told his father, he's learned that normal people don't act this way. And that if I wanted to keep doing this, I need to hide my actions from other people. The fact that he didn't have a reaction at all bothered him. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's, I, I mean, he's pretty early on. This is a textbook serial killer. Absolutely. I, it's, it's, it's. All that stuff's right there, but I, I don't know. That's just a tough thing, man. But after getting caught, uh, Keys would actually read John Douglas's Mindhunter, and he said he felt like he was reading about himself. So I imagine, like, when the uh, FBI profilers like were reading the report, they just looked at each other and were like, "Holy shit, fucking JD stereotype is spot on." Right. So that's you know, it's interesting there. But while he was attending the uh, the church, um, Keys became friends with the uh, the Kehoe brothers. Now the brothers lived about a mile from Keys, and uh, they were also homeschooled. And their father prepared them for a race war. Uh, the family had also the family also had a deep hatred for the government and enjoyed stealing and selling guns. Uh, Chevy Tahoe was later convicted of a 1996 triple murder. He and his brother gained notoriety after a shootout with Ohio State troopers before successfully uh, going on, uh, before successfully escaping them, only to have a second shootout and then escape again later that same day. Now, the footage from the shootout was uh, first aired in 1997 on a TV show called The World's Scariest Police Shootouts. Really? Wow. Yep. It has since been on uh, multiple television shows among others, like the most shocking world's most amazing videos. And for anyone listening who isn't old enough to remember a world without YouTube, we used <laughs> to get these specials a couple times a year <laughs> where they would just put all the wild shit that happened in the world on a 30 minute special. Yeah. Um, we had one called when animals attack. Yeah. And that was just 40 minutes of a narrator breaking down videos of people getting mauled by circus elephants and shit. Yep. So, um, now there are also uh, there are also a few witnesses that claim to have seen one of the Kehoe brothers with old Timmy McVeigh in a really? hotel room shortly before he blew up that building. Uh, but they have never been formally charged any of those crimes associated with that particular act of terrorism. Ah. So that's you know this one church in Colville, Washington, is just pushing out the serial killers left and right. Did um, did you um? I I, did, I had to step away for a second. Did you cover the fact that um, 
that the Mormon part that he was in was uh, teaching eugenics? And did you uh, happen to mention that he was also known as a juggalo? I did not get the juggalo. juggalo That's part. right. So, he was all about that ICP. Yeah, baby. man. He was all about Shaggy Two Dope and Juggalo Jimmy or whatever the hell their names are. Chug and Fago. Yeah, man. Yeah, so I had him. So I had him down as a fundamentalist Mormon, um, and then you know, just kind of bring you up to speed right here. So he was in the Mormon Church for like two years. Like he was a toddler, and yeah. uh, someone, uh, so one of the neighbors called called like I don't know who the fuck is in child protection services in, in Utah, and the family just dipped out, and they uh, they moved to a remote section of Washington, yeah. and uh, there they joined a white power church. Yeah, I heard all that. So okay. <laughs> Um, that's that's one thing that like the mormons part of the mormons do anyway is they teach eugenics anyways that's where there's a lot of them that are like specifically blonde and blue-eyed and things like that well they've um they they definitely have a complicated history with race yeah now they were i'm sorry what and cannibalism and cannibalism yeah it's an interesting church i mean maybe, maybe one day Maybe one day when I'm comfortable talking about churches on online, I'll uh, I'll, I'll bring I'll bring a story about them. But I know that for a period they were teaching that you could pretty much pray your black away. Oh, so like if you were, it's the idea is like um, I don't I don't remember the the official name of it at all like that. It's like the son of I don't know whoever. Um, like if you were dark skinned, the closer you got to God, the lighter your skin would become. Oh. So like that was that was a thing, and like they Which just I mean just recently yeah. like within our lifetime, dude, like just got rid of that. When I lived in Tennessee, there were people like I swear to God, there were people that were like, "Did you know that black people have an extra bone in their ankle that makes them jump higher? It's called the Negro bone." Like there were adults that believed that. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. That's that's. Well, I believe that there were Mormons that believe that in our lifetime. Now there are people probably like this our age. I think that right now, dude, our fucking world sucks, dude. Yeah, <laughs> so you know, bad. you know, we're we're having arguments about things that I don't think we would have arguments about out loud, right? And there, it's that's happening in public discourse. Like it's just yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a kind of a weird thing. Have you heard there. that new theory that the Roman Empire never happened? That it was invented Shut up. By, no. the, by the Catholic Church. Yeah. Well, Catholics have done some weird things. Yeah. I don't think they made up an entire entire civilization, though. We should look into that. We should do an episode about r- ridiculous conspiracy theories. That's one I want to cover because it gets pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, but, we, have, we, we, just, we should probably do that one. Um, now, I will say that, like, I, I just, I hate legal reasons, I guess. The current pastor of the church does not feel that one group of people are as higher in God's eyes than any other pe- group of people. So he says that out there. <laughs> he's just putting it out there. He says he's, he's, he's proudly declares they're the only non-militant Christian identity group. <laughs> so, <laughs> they're, they're, the, they're the one with several serial killers and domestic terrorists. So, if they did have connections to Timothy McVeigh. No, so Key's... Um, He's not directly, indirectly. Um, the Kehoe right. brothers, possibly. But so, like, wouldn't that be some shit if they were all like just connected? 
Yeah, well, I mean, you got to figure, I mean, the world in the 80s and 90s was very different. I mean, this is Waco. This is uh, Ruby Ridge. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just, there's a lot going on the right 1980s there. The 1980s to the 1990s, just like that 10-year span is completely different. Yeah. Um, you end up in these situations. I, I mean, people get people get driven. I mean, look, Jesus Christ, look what's going on right now. Right. Yeah. You know, fucking, who knows, man. I want but, to blame 1999 and Fred Durst. It's oh, all his fault. Yeah, Woodstock. Fred Durst. Mm-hmm. Fred Durst, what a dick. I will say, the Fred Durst line, I pack a chainsaw. The rest of the song is garbage, but that one part, I pack a chainsaw, it's fucking awesome. I love that one line. That you one remember line. You remember <laughs> whenever Limp Biscuit was going to get back together to save music? No. <laughs> yeah, that was like in 2012. They were like, yeah, we're going to get back together because we're going to save music. And it didn't uh, happen. Yeah, I remember somebody tried to dropkick Fred Durst and miss. And that one, <laughs> what a dick bag. That could have been great. But yeah, so like most, of, most of the time, those guys get missed, except for that one time that dude, like in Nickelback, when they were in Portugal, and that dude hit him right in the head with a rock. That's a good video. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right that one, dude. Slam. All right. Goodbye. <laughs> That's just instant irony. Yeah. Ah, well. So, anyway, so Keith grows up with all these white power nerds. And, uh, you know, eventually, you know, his relationship with Faith got tainted because his parents and the way they raised him. Uh, when he was around 18, he decided he was going to uh, let them know he was an atheist. And they went like full Jehovah's Witness on his ass and they kicked him out, cutting off communication with him for a little while. Now, somewhere in this time frame, Keyes admits committing his first sexual assault. Ugh. And, you know, this is when things kind of go off the rocker for him. Uh, he eventually joins the army, he spent time in Egypt, out in Fort Hood and Fort Lewis up until 2001 when he was honorably discharged. Now, there is a ton of speculation that he committed crimes while he was over in Egypt. Um, I'm pretty sure that speculation comes from the belief that once serial killers start murdering people, they become bloodthirsty and can't help but do it again. Well, I believe that he probably committed assaults because there's so many assaults that have happened to women. In the That's the military, military, dude. That just gets pushed under the rug. Boys will be it's boys. Just, yeah, well, that's, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's unfortunate, but... It's fucking I have another reason to hate the military. I'm so fucking depressed by the whole shit. Yeah, I know. Uh, the research for this one just really bummed me out. So the 1984 Olympics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Did you hear um uh I kind of keep up with some military stuff. Uh did you hear that they put a new memo out that they're not allowed to say uh death? What is that saying? Death before dishonor. dishonor. Or whatever it is, the death before dishonor. You can't say death before dishonor anymore. They're saying that that's leading to laziness in the military and too many unnecessary deaths. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. I don't even, I think I just want to delete this whole recording, to be honest with you. I think it's been good. Yeah. (laughs) We're doing the best with this awful garbage we've been given. I swear, it's like we're on an episode of Daria's Sick Sad World. Our <laughs> fans are waiting. They're itching for us to put out some new material. This so. is, We do it for all six of them. 
As first of all, first of all, there's eight. I'm two of them. Two of them. Are you? Okay. Okay. Well, there's seven. All right. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, so 1980s. Yeah, the Terminator had just hit the big screen. Cocaine flowed freely, and the consequences of Reagan's economic plan Thank hadn't you, happened yet. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, millions of people died in Ethiopia. Yay. Uh, that was driven by famine during the Civil War. We had crack introduced to L.A. Rick James. And uh, uh, Ariana Grande, or Grande, I'm sorry. Uh, the in Gandhi's somebody was assassinated, leading to the anti-Sheik riots, where more oh, than a, approximately 8,000 8, 8, and 17,000 people were viciously murdered in a conflict largely about civil rights. Nelson Mandela uh, died, but he didn't really die. But didn't really. Because that's yeah. part of the Mandela effect. Then there was, uh, so later that year, a pesticide tank leaked in India. And uh, that's the world's largest industrial death action. Uh, a bunch of people died over the next couple of years. There's a bunch of other massacres. And all of this is less depressing than the Israel Keys. When yeah, did, I know. Uh, when did Chernobyl so, happen? 85? There we go. Six? Challenger disaster. Yeah, that was advertised right there in everybody's school. Big Bird was almost on that space shuttle. Oh, dude, I mean, you imagine if Big Bird had gotten murdered in a space, murdered, blown up in a space I'll shuttle. never forget it, man. I'll never forget it that. The day. craziest part of that Challenger thing is everybody's like, yeah, they died instantly in the explosion. And that one expert's like, no, they didn't. They were alive for the whole entire ride. In fact, they didn't die until they hit the water and they turned into jello. That perfectly sums up this episode, actually. Some things shouldn't be said out loud. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, back to this god awful. Actually, now before we get there, there is some comedy here in the uh, in the eighties, uh, eighty four Olympics. So, this was fun because the communist countries boycotted the games. Yep. You no, know, they said this is because America didn't show up to the 1980 games, which was hosted in Moscow. But we all know the real reason is because they were still recovering from that ass whooping the 1980s U.S. men hockey team laid on them. Damn straight. Soviets. But perhaps the funniest thing about this game is that McDonald's, the McDonald's marketing disaster. So. McDonald's began a marketing campaign where they were giving away a free Big Mac for every gold medal America won, fries for every silver silver medal, and a drink for every a bronze medal. With none of the communists in there, absolutely, America absolutely dominated the games. Nice. I mean, totally swept. McDonald's lost a bunch of fucking money on this one. So <laughs> there's that win for America. <laughs> What were they expecting? Like, we were all on steroids at that time, and they weren't testing for steroids. Like, of course we were going to win all the medals. Well, the Russians were also cheating equally as well. So, you know, you figured there's going to be a split there somewhere. They're professional cheaters, though. Yeah, they were pretty good at that. Was that, um, was it that the, no, it was the later on the Olympics where they had that whole entire thing set up for cheating. Like they had the, was that they had like a room where they were dropping off the urinalysis tests and they had a hole cut in the wall and they would switch out the peas. I think oh, that's that amazing. Been, I think that was in the two thousands, which we should look into that sometime. 
but uh, yeah, well, I just looked at. I mean, I just looked at almost exclusively our our uh, summer games because I mean, there's a few Winter Olympics here and there, but that sounds like fun Olympic cheating scandals. But yeah. I, you know, I'm a firm believer in let let people fucking do steroids. I let think them. that they should be on every drug at the same time, and ma- like in baseball, make them take every single drug and play. I mean, acid. I think, miracle I think baseball baseball can really use trampolines and make boats. them take Viagra before the game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, do you imagine could you imagine nolan ryan pitching a fastball knowing that <laughs> sweet shit music yeah. <laughs> all their cups are just sticking out like this it's just dusting dudes oh my god oh that's terrible i wouldn't want the umpire standing behind me oh man i can't wait for baseball to come back on if it actually makes those I changes i know i'm excited but yeah, so anyways, Keith gets out of the military and then he starts traveling across the country as a serial killer. And uh, yeah, we don't really know exactly how many people he killed. At least 11. Well, the thing is, is right before they get to, to, to the part where he was going to, he, he just committed suicide and took yeah. that to his grave. He was like, I'm going to tell y'all everything. I'm going to get this like the last troll he did on them. I'm going to know all, let tell all. And then he killed himself just to get him one more time because he just couldn't couldn't uh, let people have satisfaction. He had to just leave people like that because he's just the biggest douche ever. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he's, he's probably the douchiest serial killer that I've come across, and he's fucking scary too. Yeah, he's like he he like I, I he changed the way I go fishing. He made a comment. He's like, well, you know, you go out in the woods, and you know, if you're out there fishing by yourself, you know. They find your boat. They don't know. Nobody knows what happened to you. Yep. You're just gone. And so I was like, oh, man, you know what? I'm not going fishing. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm not going catfishing by myself anymore. Like, there's going to be there's somebody. A lot of places that we've, you know, talked about discussing more Murray, um, the the Brittany, uh, or Brianna Maitland, they all um, disappeared in areas where he was operating well not to mention richard we're millennials we're not ever going to be allowed to have boats boats and homes we're not allowed <laughs> to i own both i got well, a boat no i'm just joking the boomers, <laughs> there. the boomers got everything and then they had it all handed to them and then they're not going to let any of it go they're the israel keys of our lives yes it's complete dick bags yeah. so i got a um I've got a Virginia story for you guys. Um, okay. They're officially on my hit list of Washington. Okay. I they're on my list of shitty states now. There you go. So we we uh, we took our family vacation to Virginia, Ew. and we stopped in a place called Harrisonburg, Virginia. Ew. And we it was just spending the night. That was it. Coming off of an exit. 70 miles an hour off the exit, slowing down, you pull in, immediate work zone, immediate work zone. Speed limit is 25 in that work zone. Yikes. They took a picture of my can- of my car. It got me for speeding. Yep. And their camera was off because I wasn't, I, I wasn't going as fast. as I was definitely speeding, but I wasn't going as fast as they said I was going. Yep. And so 
there's no picture of me driving the car. None whatsoever. It's just a picture of my plates. And so in order for me to take, if I take this to court, it goes from a parking ticket to a moving violation, which means it goes on the record. Yeah. And in order for me to get out of the ticket, I have to prove that my wife was driving. Oh, I have to prove that I'm innocent. They don't have to prove that I'm guilty. I have to prove that I'm innocent. So there are Virginia's officially on the shit list, man. Yeah. Whenever the civil oh. war breaks out, I'm taking out the Virginia Cavs. Going we can forward. start making fun of them. I got some. I don't even care what side we're on. If we're going to be on the same side, I'm still throwing a fucking rocket. Well, oh, there's a Civil War movie coming out. I, I don't know all the details yet, but uh, it's supposed to be a new Civil War. As but, a, as just an, a, 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 a retelling of the Civil War, or no? Is it's it going like... to be like it's supposed to be Civil War 2.0. It's supposed to be a new Civil War. I don't know all the details of the movie yet. I'll get back to you, but I saw something about that. Huh. I know Netflix came out with the movie. Um, it's got um, Julia Roberts in it. Oh, you're talking about the Kevin Bacon Obama movie? The what? The Obama movie. Yeah, there's a movie Obama's come out with. It's about natural disaster or some kind of disaster. Movie. Yeah, I think it is. Is that an Obama movie? Jesus Christ. It's uh, I think you're talking about that movie because it, it has Julie Roberts in it, I believe. Well, this movie is like uh, it's got a deer on the cover, Damn. and uh, it's like a bunch of weird stuffs going on in the in the background. Like, find yeah. the name of this thing again. Basically, the story. Leave the world behind. Like, leave the world. The behind. world's yeah, that's that's the movie. The world's ending. And all the elites are deciding they're either going to go underground or they're going to leave and go to Mars or something like that. So there, there's one called uh, there's one called "Don't Look Up." That's a good a bunch. Yes. Yeah, where they actually go to a different planet. Yeah, that's uh, that movie's but made by the guy that made the other guys and Walk Hard and all those movies. Those, he's that's such a funny movie. Yeah, right. well, this Adam one, Kay. this one. I don't remember how we got to this 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 spot, but that movie you should skip that one. Uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you to skip oh, that Julia one. Julia Roberts movie. Yeah. All right. It's uh, it's not it's not a bad it's not a it's not a bad hour, but then then it ends, and it's like, what the fuck did I just spend that hour doing? Yeah. So, but so Virginia- it was, it's, I I feel like I got M Night Shyamalan. <laughs> so some of M Night's newer movies have been pretty good. Doesn't doesn't matter. I'm never I doing that you. again. I feel you. But I watched like, uh I watched The Village. Ugh. I watched Signs. Nah. And His uh, just, movies, The Visit and Split were pretty good. Is Split an M Night Shyamalan movie? Sure is. It was. Okay. Split I'm and okay Glass. That, yeah. I haven't seen Glass. I wish I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, that's, that's... <laughs> Virginia, though. Virginia's for lovers. You know, that's their, their catchphrase that they love to say. Because that's what I first think when I think of love. I think of the state of Virginia. Yeah, right? Well, Ohio is also for lovers in the emo category. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, boys, uh, that was... That was a show. What happened? <laughs> Israel Keys, go to hell. Yeah. Yes. We do not like what a you. dick. 
You suck.